Could bacteria be responsible for the development of Parkinson's disease? Find out about this and more in today's PV Roundup podcast. I'm your host, Senior Vice President and Medical Director, Dr. Tim Wright, coming to you once again from the Pioneer Valley in Western Massachusetts. Here are today's stories. Desulfovibrio bacteria may contribute to the development of Parkinson's disease, and it may also correlate with the severity of symptoms. This according to an experimental study published in Frontiers in Cellular and Infectious Microbiology. Using fecal samples from 10 patients with Parkinson's disease and their healthy spouses, researchers isolated the sulfovibrio strains and fed them to a species of nematode, E. coli MC4100 and E. coli LSR11 were used as bacterial control strains. Statistical analysis revealed that nematodes fed Dysulfiovibrio bacteria from patients with Parkinson's disease harbored significantly more and larger alpha-synuclein aggregates than those fed Dysulfiovibrio bacteria from healthy individuals or those fed E. coli strains. Additionally, a significantly higher number of nematodes fed Dysulfiovibro strains from patients with Parkinson's disease died compared with the nematodes fed E. coli LSR11 bacteria. These results lead researchers to conclude that Sulfiovibrio bacteria contribute to the development of Parkinson's disease by inducing alpha-synuclein aggregation. In our next story, we learn that as numbers of colorectal cancer cases in patients less than 50 years of age continue to rise, several red flags can help you identify who may be at risk. A matched case control study of 5,075 individuals published in the Journal of the National Cancer Institute revealed that abdominal pain, rectal bleeding, diarrhea, and iron deficiency anemia were associated with an increased risk of early onset colorectal cancer with odds ratios ranging from 1.34 to 5.13. Having one, two, or three or more of these signs or symptoms were associated with 1.94, 3.59, and 6.52-fold increased risk with strong association for younger ages and rectal cancer. And finally, we learned to prevent vertebral fractures in women with osteoporosis, one year of romosozumab followed by one year of desinosumab may be the best treatment sequence. A study published in the 2023 World Congress of Osteoporosis, Osteoarthritis, and Musculoskeletal Diseases found that over two years, treatment with one year of romosozumab followed by one year of desinosumab produced significantly greater increases in bone mineral density compared with two years of denosumab alone at the lumbar spine, mean difference 9.4%, total hip, mean difference 4.5%, and femoral neck, mean difference 4.2%. In patients treated with romanosumab and denosumab versus those treated with denosumab alone, new vertebral fractures were significantly reduced, 0.62% versus 1.3%, while lower fracture incidence was observed for clinical, non-vertebral, and hip fractures, although this was not statistically significant. And that's today's Medical Roundup. Thank you for joining us for this episode of PV Roundup Podcast. For more stories like these, visit us at pvroundup.com to subscribe to our weekly newsletters. Thoughts, comments, or suggestions? Please leave us a review on your preferred listening platform. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or Google. You can also download our Amazon Alexa Flash Briefing, Medical News Roundup, and just ask, what's my Flash Briefing? Thanks today to Gabrielle Mostello for selecting and editing our stories, and to Sean Mullen for production assistance. 
Join me next time for another episode where we cover the latest stories in the world of medicine. 